Welcome to this week's Green Site Up. This is Richard Henschel, horticulture educator for the University of Illinois, and this week I wanted to talk about getting out in the yard and kind of surveying the winter damage as as, as spring is coming along and emerging, or and or winter is leaving us. You know, we're we we all know we can always kind of count on spring, but what we cannot count on is how our plants will come through the the winter weather. Uh, we, in extension, have received quite a bit of um, email and phone calls about what's going on, uh, uh, especially when it comes to certain plants out in the landscape. And uh, I want to start out on, a, I guess, a positive note here and talk about the fact that uh, at least uh, around here, um, there's been a couple of plants that have looked very good this year, and th those have been uh, spring flowering ornamental crab apples and the, and the native redbud. I've noticed that the redbuds have been blooming um, for a long time already, and uh, they don't look like they're slowing down anytime soon, so I think they've given us a great bloom show for the season so far. Uh, you know, gardeners, on the other hand, ought to expect to see some winter damage on those marginally hardy plants, whether they're fruit trees or ornamentals, um, and you kind of know which ones I'm, I'm talking about here. Um, those are the ones that you get at the garden center, um, and, and the retailer says, you know, these need a little bit of protection in the wintertime, or these really belong on the west, or, or perhaps the east or northern side of the home, depending upon their hardiness. So we should expect to see some of that kind of damage annually, of course, but what has really surprised, uh, uh, me a little bit is we've, you know, we've seen damage now on some of what we know to be and typically are hardy, large shrubs and small trees. Um, I have uh, witnessed damage in magnolias and chokeberry, uh, euonymus plants, uh, um, and smaller spirea, for example, have also um, seen a fair amount of damage in certain locations. So it's kind of unique that in a year... Um, some of our expectations uh, are, are surprising us in terms of what kind of plants have been out there and damaged. I know we've had plenty of calls from landscapers who are dealing with uh, boxwoods, and there's been severe damage on those anywhere from a little bit of dieback all the way down um, to the crown and appear to be totally dead. Uh, and these are plants that have been in the ground for a number of years, 10, 12 years, uh, you might expect that on plants that just maybe got in the ground in uh, 2019 or 2020 to have some some more extensive damage. So this is this is you know some surprises for us, um, and it's not the usual frost cracks near the the soil line or or uh, frost cracks on the trunk of a tree. It is uh, some of these things just appear to be outright dead at this point. And while, you know, there might be a fungal or, 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 or a bacterial cause to this, very likely it has just been environmental. It's the kind of weather we've had, the state that the plant went into the winter months with, the amount of soil moisture that's been available. So there's probably a lot of environmental factors going on here over that over perhaps a, uh, a pathogen-like source for the, we'd like to we'd like to blame something, but I think in this case it's just been just been the weather. 
uh, you know, backing down to, I guess, ground level here, you know, lawns have done pretty well so far this year. We've had seemingly just enough rain in a lot of the area for us around here. Um, I can also share, though, that the drought monitoring websites are, are already showing up and saying uh, we're having a dry spring and that we may be in a droughty state, uh, if you will, not too distant future. So that's kind of interesting to hear. But for the moment, the lawns have looked good. What you, one would expect then as the season progresses, that early spring natural flush of green growth is going to slow and stop. And at that point, then we are entering a, a, a the typical growing season that we would have for our lawns here uh, in this area. Um, since the lawns have greened up so nicely, one of the, the obvious lawn weeds that we can easily spot right now is a warm season grassy-like weed called nimblewill. Uh, it is still very much dormant because it really requires a good amount of warm soils and warm temperatures before it starts to come out of dormancy. So right now we've got lush green lawns and this straw-like patch of something going on out there that looks like grass. Well, that quite possibly is nimble will. So it's just a kind of a straw-colored area in an otherwise green lawn. So uh, something to, uh, to be aware of as you do your spring lawn weed inventory, if you will, that uh, uh, nimble will is out there. So it's going to be uh, an interesting season, it sounds like, from here on out. Um, and then the kind of the last thing I wanted to talk about here, uh, because it's received a whole lot of press and it has nothing to do with healthy or not healthy woody plants in any way, is the fact that uh, we're hearing so much more this this spring already about jumping worms. And, and what, if anything, can we do as gardeners if we think we have them or how do we keep them out of our yard if we, are, if we know we don't have them? Well, uh, up here at least, and, and the, the map is changing rapidly this spring as it's turning out, but um, for my area here, say, for example, Kane, DuPage, and Kendall counties, and I know it's in Cook and a whole bunch of other counties north of here, uh, has been identified that jumping worms exist in our counties. What I really want to assure everybody here listening is, even if you're a county uh, that, that has been deemed uh, positive for jumping worms, they are not countywide. They are very much in selected areas, local, local spots, uh, not in everybody's yard. So this isn't something we should really, uh, we shouldn't really panic about. Uh, some of the things we can do if we don't have them in our yard and don't wish to get them in our yard is you ought to avoid or be very cautious about, uh, about any uh, plant swaps that you go to or plant sales you go to. And unless those plants were grown commercially, uh, growing in media that we know is clean and free of uh, jumping worms, uh, I would just kind of put some caution out there is to be careful of what you end up bringing home in your yard. Because uh, that's about the only way you're going to move them around. They don't. They don't. They they are just getting moved around by us gardeners. Uh, they, you know, there's no stage of them that uh, have any course of mobility at all. There, it's a, it's a it's a worm. So the only way they jump from one part of town to the next is if we've carried them along with us somehow. If you garden in other spots besides your own home, just make sure you clean the tools off thoroughly. Um, if you've been somewhere and you bring home muddy boots, maybe those aren't the boots you want to wear immediately out into the garden again. 
Uh, you want to clean them off and, and uh, be careful where you leave the dirt, if you will. So those are some of the things that are going on right now. Um, so be aware that we've seen uh, a variety a variety of plant damage out there, uh, some expected, some not so expected. Um, and uh, I guess be aware of jumping worms, which is an invasive pest that we're now dealing with. So this has been Richard Henschel with this week's Screen Site Up. Always a pleasure, and I'll be back again soon.